Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are in the green this morning following a night of gains on Wall Street. Tokyo is up half a percent, Seoul is up 0.3% and Sydney is trading marginally higher. One company that is doing particularly well this morning is SoftBank. Its stock is up 10%. Keep that in mind as we get to today's segment of Up or Down. I'm Michelle Martin. Good of you to join me. And also here is Ryan Huang. How are you doing this Tuesday? Morning, Michelle. Doing well? It is um, as well as can be. It is quite Busy, I would say. <laughs> All right, quick question for our listeners. What is one of the busiest air routes in the world? At least it was one of the busiest before the pandemic hit. There's a good chance you've taken flight on it. And from the 29th of November, you will be able to once again. Yes, I am talking about the Singapore Kuala Lumpur route. Quarantine-free air travel with Malaysia's capital set to resume 20 days from today. This is just one of several new measures announced by the government. So give us a quick overview. What else will we soon be able to do in addition to taking a trip to KL? Yeah, not exactly Malaysia per se. It's just Kuala Lumpur Airport, but Mm. we'll take it for now. So from November 29th, it will be VTL with Kuala Lumpur International Airport. And this is where you can maybe look forward to maybe down the road, even more border restrictions uh, being lifted. So we've got six designated flights between the two countries and applications for the scheme will start from November 22nd and more details will be announced soon. So, maybe more good news down the road. Hopefully, we started the segment talking about the vaccinated travelling with Kuala Lumpur but what about land crossings? I'm sure there's a lot of interest in whether we have any indication of when the causeway or the second link at Tuas could open. Yeah, that's a big one, right? Because you've got goods just going back and forth, you've got people going back and forth. So it's a big channel of um, finance and industry and business activities. So that is closely watched because it will also mean you and I can go to Joe Hall for supper. So that is going to be really one to watch. But going by what we are reading from the Facebook page of Prime Minister Lee Sen Long, mm-hmm. he is saying discussions are underway and both sides are looking forward to launching something similar in the near future. All right, we'll Fingers take crossed. near future. It's hopeful. I know a lot of people are anxiously awaiting to head to Bay JB again. In the meantime, a note about that air route with Kuala Lumpur. I mentioned at the top of the show, it is one of the world's busiest. Pre-pandemic, 10 million people traveled annually from here to Kuala Lumpur. That's the scale of the impact that, you know, opening could have on people. Ryan, do we have a sense of how the latest opening could impact Singapore's economy? Yeah. I mean, even before these measures were announced yesterday, some economists have been predicting strong growth uh, for this year and next. So a quick one on a bit of a wrap on the measures. So not just KL, but also Sweden and Finland, part of the package of VTLs coming up. Mm-hmm. And also you've got the new rules around dining out. So a group of five now can now dine in restaurants, so up from two. So from the same household. Though. Same household. Mm-hmm. So great news for my family because we've always had a split up for very strange um, it makes up very strange dynamics because I can see my kid from the other table Aww. and I'm eating alone so now that is a thing of the past at least if I go to a restaurant so that's good news for many cafes not a business um, that the F&B business so that's going to be good news as well so VTLs also mean tourists coming into Singapore so that's going to be good news for the 
hospitality side of things, and all in that is going to help the economic picture for Singapore. So if you look at a recent uh, economic projection coming through from uh, AMRO, that is the ASEAN Macroeconomic Research Office, they are painting a brighter picture for this year with growth coming in at 6.5%, reversing the contraction last year of 5.4%. And then the following year in 2022, it will moderate to around 4%. So being driven by robust employment and domestic spending, as well as external demand over the long, uh, shorter term, and also the recovery of what we talked about, the mm. tourism and hospitality sector. A couple of things to watch out for in terms of risks, supply chain disruptions, inflation, and the risk of resurgence of um, COVID-19 cases. So all in, it is looking optimistic. Let's look first at two firms whose business is thriving, Ban Leong Technologies and Crane Builder, Yong Mao. Fill us in, what is the latest here? All right, Ban Leong, if you're not familiar, is an IT distributor. So they are reporting good results. 65% rise in net profit to $3.9 million. So partly um, or mainly due to a 30% increase in sales from its IT accessory segment. And if you look into the commentary, they are saying consumers are willing to pay more for better quality products to be more productive or have a better experience both at home and at work. So they are coughing up more for their keyboards and laptops. And in the coming months, they are expecting still good sales because they they say the pandemic has changed the way people work and overall business activity also expected to pick up. So that will drive demand for IT and consumer electronics products. And then look at um, the construction side of things. Crane Builder Yong Mao Holdings saw net profit surge 78.8% to around $9.4 million. So this is what the first half of its financial year ended September 30th. And bear in mind though, this is from a low base from the um, year before because you might remember circuit breaker restrictions really meant not a lot going on in the construction space. So it does bounce from that low base level. Um, That is the picture we have right now. Construction seeming to do well and also IT products selling well. Another company reporting profit growth, though not nearly as big a jump as Ban Leong or Yong Mao, is SIIC Environment. Its profits rose more than 10% last quarter, thanks in part to new environment construction projects in China. Now, two listed companies that are not sharing in the recovery, though, uh, production studio Vivid3 and events company Unusual. In fact, both are still in the red. Just how bad are the losses? All right, let's look at Vivid3. And this is the Catalyst listed visual or virtual reality and visual effects and computer generated imagery production studio. They saw their net loss widen to $1.8 million for the six months ended September 30th. So this widened from $1.5 million. So loss per share widened to $0.54, cents, or rather $0.54 cents from $0.45 cents from previous year. But the good news is revenue is surging 297.5% from the year before. And this is mainly due to a recovery in the company's post-production segment. So seeing some business, but I think you are looking at a couple of um, expenses just eating up into um, the profits. And if you look at what's happening with Unusual, 
you are looking at a net loss for the first half of this um, financial year. And this, of course, is the events production unit of MM2 Asia. So narrowing is net loss with those, so that's good. 54% um, narrower to $1.6 million from a loss of $3.4 million a year ago. So loss per share is at 0.15 Singapore cents, down from 0.33 Singapore cents, and it's attributing um, a decrease in revenue of 60.8% due to lower promotion revenue. And of course, you've seen how the cinemas have been hit quite badly in the past few months. So that's going to be a factor as well for unusual. Now, from what we're seeing now with steps to reopen here in Singapore and overseas, do you think companies like Vivid3 and Unusual are going to be able to recover? Well, it does point to brighter days ahead if you look at how restrictions are being lifted up. And if you look at what um, Unusual is saying, this is a commentary, it's eyeing vaccinations across Asia and China as one of the silver linings of what might be something to look forward to because uh, it's also working on a pipeline of projects to roll out across the region and it's saying, you know, with vaccination rates going up, it's just going to be a matter of time before we go into a bit of a new normal of living with COVID-19. So that means maybe production, um, studios and related services will start to recover. I want to turn to U.S. markets now where the S&P 500 has closed above 4,700 for the first time. The Nasdaq and the Dow set new records overnight as well. I'm going to zoom in on three companies that have just reported their earnings. A little like Singapore, it's a mixed bag as well. Let's start with the meme stock, AMC Entertainment. It's posting a narrower than expected loss as the cinema chain welcomed 40 million guests to its theatres in the past quarter. Popcorn sales were up too as well, by the way. <laughs> AMC warning there's still pandemic-related challenges ahead, but it's also exploring a novel strategy and one that is definitely a nod to its retail supporters. What is that? Yeah, I love popcorn so much so I could have it for breakfast. But I think that's not going to be enough for AMC. So like you pointed out, it is going through a couple of headwinds. Um, let's start with the numbers first. And if you look at the loss per share, it came through at $224.2 million. That is at $0.44 cents per share. That is compared with a loss in the year before of $905 million and a loss per share of $841 before. So it does improve on those metrics. Revenue was also higher, like you would expect, um, going up to over $760 million from around $119 the year before. So we saw in terms of reaction to stock price, an initial pop to the better than expected results. And then we talked about challenges and that is where you saw the share prices started to reverse uh, direction. So looking at what's coming up in terms of headwinds, um, AMC is saying, no, there's no illusions or no one should have any illusions that it's out of the woods. Mm. The virus is still going to be around and they still need to sell more tickets in future quarters than what they've been doing in recent quarters. So in short, it's not back to normal for cinemas and they need it to be back to normal before they can really um, be breaking even and be sustainable as a business. So it has started to look at other potential revenue streams and this includes buying up new theatre leases and offering new content 
like concerts and sporting events and good news for maybe you and me mm. expanding into the popcorn retail business. Oh, that's always good news. I didn't know you wanted popcorn for breakfast. Consider that done, all right? I'm thinking of the possible flavours. Mm. <laughs> AMC also apparently uh, looked through the questions that its stockholders raised and cryptocurrencies were a very popular theme. So the theatre giant looking at creating its very own cryptocurrency, working with the studios to come up with these NFTs and commemorative... Uh, tokens. Yeah, that's pretty smart, right? You come up with your own money, you make people only pay with their own money, and then if you need more money, just print your own money. So, wow, it's mm. got its own ecosystem. ecosystem of money. Exactly. Next up on corporate earnings watch list is PayPal. Its revenue forecast for next year looks disappointing, but the company is also announcing a new deal with Amazon. One that is potentially bad news for eBay. Tell us more. Okay, so here's what's happening. You've got Venmo. That is its payment app under PayPal. So good news for PayPal. It is partnering Amazon to let US customers use Venmo. So that's going to be starting sometime in 2022. And if you're shopping at Amazon, you can use Venmo as one of the channels to pay. So it does expand PayPal's reach to even more customers. So that is on top of its earnings report where it actually beat expectations. Earnings per share was at $1.11 versus the one oh seven that was expected. Um, and if you look at what is in store, Venmo is going to be supporting cryptocurrency services as well. So that really writes that trend of um, crypto we've been seeing. Mm. Um, of course, PayPal, like you mentioned, is preparing for an eBayless Future. This is after six years since they split apart. So we might be you know, seeing a very different eBay where PayPal may not be the top choice of payments. So it's going to be setting up for an interesting look for both sides right now. The third company on our corporate earnings watch list this morning is video game maker Roblox. And its shares are soaring in after-hours trade. Tell us why, Ryan. All right, Roblox is in the news because of its better-than-expected results. So much so, its extended trading seeing them rise nearly 30%. So you've got um, bookings. Let's start with that first. And mm-hmm. that refer- refers to how um, revenue is going up in terms of uh, what's being booked on his records or rather booked on his um, report card. And if you look at that, that is up nearly 28%. So that is reflecting how Roblox is doing pretty well despite the restrictions going up, uh, summer vacations as well. So people still going into gaming. And that is a sign of how strong the brand is, uh, still attracting a lot of new users. Uh, so much so that it has seen its user base grow up and that is seeing um, a lot of traction for Roblox. And if you look at the net loss, though, it's a very different picture. It is still making losses. 13 cents, that is better than the previous loss of 26 cents. So it does miss expectations of 4 cents um, loss that was being forecast. This partly reflected um, in how it's been spending more to support the growth of the business. So all in a rather solid quarter for Roblox, seeing more users jump on board, um, also seeing revenue going up, 
but um, spending taking a bit of a dent on its profits. Roblox shares currently up nearly 30% in after-hours action. All right, time for a game up or down. Get on the seesaw, Ryan. Are you ready? Let's go. Construction companies and infrastructure shares. I am going with up. And this is a bit of a no-brainer because Congress has passed the infrastructure bill and that means big paydays for anyone involved in those projects. And we've seen the likes of Caterpillar among the top gainers and they make the construction companies or equipment that's required and they saw overnight a gain of 4%. Heavy equipment producer Deer also saw his shares rise around 1.6%. And if you look at the ETF around Global X US infrastructure development, that hit an all-time high overnight of one after rising nearly 1.3%. Okay, it's definitely an up. I mean, we talked about Joe Biden's 1.3 trillion US dollar infrastructure package on the show yesterday. Now the bill is set to become law. And we asked whether infrastructure firms were set to benefit. The answer, definitely yes. These stocks are up. Let's look at Tesla next. All right, Tesla is a down for me because the stock price slipped around 5%. I guess not a surprise because this follows the vote he put out on Twitter Mm -hmm. and the majority, around 58% of those um, people who voted said, hey, you should sell 10% of your Tesla stock. So once you sell such a chunk of shares, it typically means a bit of uh, downward pressure on prices. Uh, You have to bear in mind though that Elon Musk needs to sell his shares to have money to do things because he doesn't get a salary and he has to also sell um, because he has taxes to pay and also uh, he has options, share options to execute and those options expire. So he does also need to execute those options. I mean, execute those options, you also have to pay fees. So you need to get money from somewhere and that is going to mean he's going to sell stock of Tesla and probably over the next few months. So the Twitterverse said yes when Elon Musk put out that poll of whether he should sell off 10% of his Tesla shares, leading investors to sell off Tesla overnight. It dropped nearly 5%. The Chinese auto giant Geely. Okay, so this is going to be a an up for me and this is with the news. It has launched a rival to mm-hmm. Tesla's Cybertruck. Um, it's called the Home Truck, and this is under its commercial vehicle group, Verizon Auto. So this is set to roll out in 2024, and it will target international markets like Europe, Japan, um, Korea as well. If you look at the picture, it really resembles a blackish, longish <laughs> rectangle. It's really you know, streamlined and smooth. Look, just imagine a container truck, but without the rough edges. Yeah, it looks pretty sleek to me, if you ask me. Sleek being the key word. The truck's going to hit the markets in 2024. It could pose a challenge to Tesla, this new electric truck. Uh, how's Indian payments company Paytm doing? All right, Paytm, that is an up for me. And that's off the back of the, um, the news, or rather the developments from Monday, that it has gone ahead to be India's largest IPO. Oh my goodness, it's set to raise $2.5 billion US dollars in that IPO in India. Definitely an up for Paytm, the mobiles payment company, could be India's largest ever IPO. Toshiba. Right, Toshiba is going to be an up for me. I'll go with up. Mm. Toshiba is 
considering splitting itself into three. So a unit for infrastructure, one for devices, and one for memory chips. So this could address the Japanese firm's conglomerate discount where not the full value is being recognized by shareholders. So maybe splitting up will just allow investors to price each unit more efficiently. Toshiba is considering splitting up into three companies to unlock shareholder value. So the company is going to focus on infrastructure, devices and semiconductor memory. And the split could occur in 2023. So I'll say that is an up for Toshiba. Next, let's look at SoftBank. Okay, SoftBank, I would go with down. And you've got the SoftBank Vision Fund posting a record loss. And this is really off the back of a couple of things. Um, The value of public holdings like Coupang, that is the Korean e-commerce company, that was down. DD Global has also been plunging because of the usual um, narratives we've been hearing around the Chinese crackdown. DD right at the center of it. So SoftBank Vision Fund's losses um, was a big drag. And we are looking at it three months ended September, $7.3 billion loss. And this exceeds the loss that they posted in the um, earlier part of the year during the pandemic write-downs. So overall, net loss of 379, 397 billion yen in the COVID-19 period. So a big drag on many of its portfolio holdings. I'm going to go with down for SoftBank. SoftBank's Vision Fund has lost 10 billion US dollars. There is some good news for shareholders. The company is planning to buy back as much as 1 trillion yen worth of shares. And finally, it's a big category. How's crypto doing? I would go with up. And this is really off the back of some news headlines coming out of the Singapore FinTech Festival. And you've got banks appearing to be more favorable or at least, you know, having a um, favorable tone when it comes to crypto. And you've got, for example, the likes of crypto-linked payment cards uh, among some of the initiatives being launched. And some banks have been talking about jumping more into crypto. So that's going to be one to watch. And if you look at what's happening at Singapore Fintech Festival, it's all about Web 3.0. And this is around the decentralized finance uh, system and distributed ledger technology. So that really plays into how cryptocurrencies might be a bigger thing in years to come. Indeed, yeah. I spoke with some interesting companies, including one that's sort of going to be in, uh, looking to be sort of a hedge fund for investors. You know, the way ETF changed things for investors. You can invest in a basket of companies. What about investing in a basket of cryptocurrencies? For accredited investors, of course, they're called Trade Together. Uh, definitely up for crypto. Ether also trading at record levels and crypto's overall market cap has now topped $3 trillion. US dollars. I want to turn to Singapore now. We are 30 minutes into the local trading day. Wow. Singapore's financial counters, SIA Gunting, they let the market higher yesterday and the STI finished at its highest level since before the pandemic. It closed up two thirds of a percent at 32.63. So how's the STI trading? Is it adding to those gains or is profit taking really kicking in? Yeah, good news. Still extending that run is up 0.3% at 3,273. A quick snapshot of the 
STI. Only two counters in the red right now. Uh, right at the bottom is Yangjiejiang Shipbuilding, down by 1.5%. And looking at the theme, VTLs, travel restrictions opening up. Genting Singapore is in the green by 2.4%, right at the top, followed by SIA, not too far behind, by 0.7%. Uh, the banks also are in the green, led by UOB, up by 0.7%. Thanks very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Coming up, I'm going to be at the Milken Asia Summit hosting a panel discussion and we are going to be discussing real assets and what investors need to understand about where the opportunities lie in the future. So coming up, I thought I would uh, look at building in the metaverse versus building in the real world. That's happening in Market View Minute. Stay with me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.